Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. Chris Graham joined by Crystal Graham. We're here on Augusta Free Press uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, also on our podcast. And we're going to talk some news from the week. And Crystal, we're going to start with uh, you spent a good part of one of your days this week trying to get the latest on a case involving an Augusta County man who allegedly shot uh, the dog of a neighbor, and uh, that case has been slowly making its way through the local court system. Can you give our listeners and viewers the latest on what's going on there? Sure. So on Tuesday, a preliminary hearing was held in Augusta County General District Court uh, for Lewis Davis. Um, and actually, his wife, Teresa, also faced some charges, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. But the main case uh, involved a dog named Bear, a service dog that belongs to uh, Joseph Sandy and um, his wife, Edith, and was shot and killed um, September in mid-September um, in Augusta County. And so Lewis Davis obviously faces charges. The preliminary hearing was basically to, to determine if there was enough to send it to the circuit court grand jury. Um, after a short hearing, it was determined that there was, in fact, enough evidence to move it forward. So it's now going to the grand jury on January 22nd. What came out during the trial was um, an Augusta County deputy testified basically to the circumstances surrounding uh, what had happened. And he went out to the home the day after the shooting took place um, and basically said that uh, Lewis Davis gave him a number um, of stories as to what had possibly happened the day before, uh, before ultimately he told the officer that he shot the dog with a 44 caliber Magnum gun. And so the, again, a revolver. And that was according to the deputy who testified at the trial. So I believe his name was Michael Roan. And so anyway, that, that uh, basically he was the only person that testified that day. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there will likely be more people testifying in the future, but he said that he had met with the uh, Sandys shortly after the incident the following day and that they found a blood stain in the road. Um, he said that uh, Lewis Davis told him, in fact, that there had um, been no threatening behavior by the dog, that the dog had not um, in any way uh, gone after him, his family, you know, apparently he has a couple of cats, uh, but that uh, Davis had basically told him that some other neighborhood dogs had uh, had dealt with his cat, had had some issues with his cats in the past. So there's no real understanding here as far as motive or anything of that nature. Uh, Davis does face one felony count of animal cruelty and one misdemeanor uh, charge related to reckless handling of a firearm. So you went out last week, Crystal, and actually met with the Sandys, Joseph and, uh, um, and Edith Sandy at their home uh, in Augusta County. And I think having been there, you got a little bit of different perspective, perhaps, than just covering a story uh, the traditional way. For example, I think one thing you learned was that uh, the dog, uh, Buddy Bear, um, could not have been very far off his property when this happened. So, I mean, this this really throws, uh, a, a, you know, what you've learned kind of throws some some different perspective into this case. Yeah, the Sandys are new to the area. They moved here from Arizona and they'd only been here a very short time when this incident took place. They live on Rip Rap Road, um, which is in Augusta County. It has a Waynesboro address, even though it is Augusta County. And um, the, it's very the remote. It's it's very right. rural. Yeah. Yeah. I did not have cell phone service out there. I went to SOS mode once I was at their home. But um, basically, uh, Mormon Gap Road kind of runs in between uh, the Davises and the Sandys property. And what a, a 
apparently happened, you know, when, when the dog was shot, likely had just escaped the fence. Again, they were new to the area, so maybe they um, didn't have the fence exactly the way that they wanted it at that point, and uh, was about six to eight feet at most off their property uh, when the dog was shot and killed. And this wouldn't have been six to eight feet off their property. It's not like the property. These are these are well, these are good sized properties. They're not like houses right on top of each other out in this rural area. No, there is a homeowners association uh, affiliated with these properties. It is considered a neighborhood, I believe. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember orchard something subdivision. But anyway, uh, each of the properties are at least five acres as a minimum. Uh, so these are these are large lots, you know, large properties. Um, but you do see, you know, other houses nearby. There certainly are neighbors. Um, one of the other things that came before the court that day actually had to do with some what they call uh, preliminary protective orders. So after uh, Mr. Davis was um, uh, granted bond by circuit court, um, both the Sandys, Edith and Joseph, and their neighbor, Renee Roberts, uh, sought protective orders against the couple um, just, uh, just to protect them um, as they move forward. Now, um, Louis Sandy, excuse me, Louis Davis is not supposed to be on the property there, um, but uh, at the preliminary um, hearing, the, the one related to the protective orders, a neighbor did testify that he's in fact been on the property, according to her, um, as recently as Sunday of this week, which would violate, you would think, uh, the bond uh, since he's not supposed to be there, he's supposed to ride at an alternate or reside at an alternate address um, in Waynesboro. I believe it's his daughter's address that he's supposed to be at. So that did come up. The judge ultimately did grant the Sandys um, the preliminary protective order um, through May 28th. And um, essentially that order protects both of them from the husband and wife, from Teresa and um, Louis David. Crystal, I think I've lost you. Um, just so you can hear me, um, your your screen is frozen up on me here. We'll see if we can check on the technical issue uh, as we um, are uh, wrapping up our our chat. In fact, Crystal is now connecting back with audio. Those who are watching, both on there, you are, Crystal. You're back. I'm back. I don't know exactly when I broke up. Um, you were in the middle of explaining the, um, I believe the, uh, restrictive order or the uh, protective order. Okay. So essentially the protective order, uh, for Joseph and Edith Sandy was granted by the judge primarily because, um, of the reckless handling of the firearm that happened so nearby and Renee Roberts, um, was actually, she's the neighbor that I mentioned earlier. Um, she also is in, in very close proximity uh, to the Davis's home. And she has dogs, which she said uh, that Mr. Davis has has been acted hostile towards in the past as well. But the judge granted her uh, preliminary protective order through May 28th also, but only against Mr. Davis. It did not include Teresa Davis in her case. I brought up the, the lack of proximity, perhaps, uh, to between these residences, because I mean, you mentioned that uh, uh, the the weapon was a forty four magnum. It was not. We're not talking about some guy with a rifle a couple hundred yards away. A forty four magnum implies. I mean, to, to use that to shoot at anything implies proximity, close proximity. So, um, was based on you being at the. You know, you've been out there now. I mean. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you you know you saw where the the the, the dog was was killed um he would have had to have been 
walking up there to 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 be able to perpetrate this if this is the case. Yeah, it was dark when I was there, so I didn't actually get to go to the scene where Bear um, where Bear was shot. But what I will tell you is that Officer Roan, um, First Sergeant Roan with the Augusta County Sheriff's Office, did testify that, um, as I said earlier, that multiple stories were given to him as to what actually happened. The first one being that um, the gun was shot and that it must have ricocheted and hit the dog. Um, and as, as well as multiple other stories that he shot it from his porch and other things. But ultimately, what seems to have happened... Um, at least according to what the officer says that uh, Louis Davis told him um, was that he was shot and with with this Magnum revolver. And so more than likely it happened at close range. And for those of you who have followed the story or who haven't followed the story, um, Joseph Sandy was ha was home when this happened. And so he did put the you know, get the dog and put it in the back of his truck and he drove it to a nearby animal hospital and the dog did die on the way there. Um, from what I understand, there's been some forensics um, done related to the dog's death and apparently um, the dog was paralyzed the instant that he was shot. So where you saw the, the dried blood is actually um, where he was shot and, you know, where he uh, he didn't get up from that point. Presumably all this will come out later. Now, you mentioned that just to reiterate for our listeners, viewers, um, what you were a part of this week, covering this week, was a preliminary hearing. Normally, defendants in these kind of cases will waive that, but he went ahead and went through with the preliminary hearing. Then it goes now to grand jury, and then if a grand jury holds up and, and, and returns charges, then it'll go to uh, a full trial sometime uh, later next year. So, um, yeah, so, so that will happen next year. Um, the, I guess from what I understand is that the defense will have the choice if the grand jury certifies it and it moves forward, the defense will have the choice between a jury trial or a judge, a bench trial as it's known, and it likely will occur sometime in 2024. That's right. That's right. Well, okay. Now let's switch gears. Uh, we have a couple more stories we want to talk about. I want to talk about the one involving you almost getting scammed. Here's Crystal Graham who writes about, she writes scam alert stories, fraud alert stories all the time for Augusta Free Press. Crystal, we're sitting on the couch last night watching TV, and she tells me this tale about how, oh my gosh, somebody wants to sell us Taylor Swift tickets for face value. Take it from there. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just some random person or it wasn't on a message board or something like that. But the, I the turned that was a random person. Well, as it turns out, I'm skipping um, ahead the, there a little bit. But the, the message actually appeared to originate from someone that my sister and I are both friends with on Facebook. It's someone that we've known since childhood, saying that essentially she had two to four tickets to this Indianapolis concert next year in November 1st in Indianapolis and that she was selling them for $400 each, um, which would likely be a round face value on resellers right now. They're going for 1200 to $1,500 you know, per ticket. And there's kind of that saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, in our case, I trusted this person. I mean, this is somebody who uh, was a family friend and who had wanted to come to my dad's funeral a couple of years ago. So when she said she had tickets available, I was like, great. My sister had already mentioned to me that she'd like to go to this November 1st concert anyway. Um so if we could get tickets less than the resellers, great. But uh, as the as the conversation went on, the person was persistent. And I say the person now because it turned out not to be my friend. It turned out that her account was hacked. But we didn't learn that until a little bit later. So it turns out that my friend was saying, basically, can you send this by Venmo, something called Zelle? 
um, or PayPal. And you would think in this day and age that I would have Venmo, but um, it's probably the most used one among parent groups and things of that nature these days, but I don't have it. And so I suggested that I could send it by PayPal. Thankfully for me, PayPal actually flagged it. Uh, the person asked me to send it uh, friends and family, which of course I was happy to do. Um, since I knew the person, you know, personally, and I uh, tried to send that to them uh, through PayPal. PayPal basically wanted me to somehow log into my bank account to prove that the funds were available for that. Um, of course, if you use friends and family, you're not protected the same way you are with other sellers. So again, that person was trying to get around that that thing there. And so uh, basically, I reached back out to my friend, uh, my so-called friend, the person I thought was my friend that I was corresponding with and said that I was having issues with PayPal. And they said, well, can you just break it up into a few payments? And my first feeling was like, yeah, sure. I don't see why I couldn't do that. But then um, I asked a simple question. I knew the person worked in Augusta County. They live in Augusta County. You know, hey, why don't I just bring you cash tomorrow? That seems like an easier solution, right? Who's going to turn down cash for tickets? Um, and the person said, um, simply, I didn't want, I, I didn't ask for cash. I want the money through an app. I don't need cash. And I thought to myself, well, that doesn't sound right. Uh, so yeah. So basically what, what I found out is I, I asked a simple question, how do we know each other? And well, at that point, there was also the, the, they, they refer, they used the word colleague. Oh yeah. Or so yeah. Early in the conversation, they said they did not have a PayPal account but their colleague had a PayPal account. And that did raise a small red flag initially because we don't generally refer to our coworkers as colleagues here in the United States. Um, but well, I play, my know, thought was that's what, that that's what she was probably saying was just that she had bought tickets with a coworker. And so I kind of let that red flag go. Um, and then the PayPal happened, which was kind of the second red flag. I don't know if that particular email address had had some fraudulent activity associated with it or if there was some other reason that was flagged. I use PayPal regu regularly. I've never been asked to go to that next level before for that. So that was a little bit weird. Um, but then the, the big gimme one was when the person said, I don't need cash. That's why I wanted you to pay via an app. If they had just said, if they had just said, I have three other people interested and I'm going to give them to the first person who pays me the money. I probably would have found another way to send the money. My sister was texting me saying, oh, well, don't worry. Venmo is really easy to set up. You know, so I was already looking at alternatives, but that was the big red flag. So when I asked, how do you know me? And the person didn't respond. Uh, that's when I knew something was definitely up. And so my, um, I had to give the, the bad news to my sister that we weren't going to get tickets for $400 each to go to the concert. And then um, I posted something on the Facebook message. I, I reported it to Facebook and posted on there that it was a scam, hoping to you know stop other people from, from seeing it. But of course, that person, whoever they were, did have access to her account, which means they simply deleted uh, my comment. And then they blocked me, so I couldn't go back to the page. My sister, I asked her if she was blocked from the page. She wasn't. So she went to the page and also reported it to Facebook. So my hope is that it got taken down. But what I found when I did a little more research is this is very common for, for Facebook profiles, for Instagram pages to be hacked by people. Usually the going price is $400 a ticket. Um, and then in many cases, these tickets are sold like eight times, you know, before the person discovers it and tries to shut it down. So when you're talking about, you know, $400 a ticket, four tickets, you know, $1,600 a person times eight or more, you know, there's obviously a huge, um, 
That's you know, twelve thousand plus dollars. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty huge huge gain. And so the you know these scammers really really want your money, and so they're going to all these links uh, to get it. And we came that close, Chris, um, to actually having sixteen hundred dollars uh, stolen from us. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Hey, you know, one thing we didn't think about, Crystal, uh, there's a computer sitting behind you to your left. They, I doubt they blocked me. So we should we should check and see how uh, the process of that, how progress of, of your report has gone on that one. Um, yeah, good call on that. But anyway, it happens very regularly, and there's been tons of complaints to the BBB. The story that we published on Augusta Free Press today did include some tips. And of course, one of them is that that's standard. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And and that's right. And I did text the the friend as well to let her know that her account um, had likely been compromised. I haven't heard back. I'm not 100% sure that it's a good number because, like I said, the last time I probably talked to him was a couple of years ago. So last story, let's get into the weather uh, in, in our part of Virginia. It's very nice. Uh, temperatures are right around 60 degrees today. Very, very nice weather for December in uh, our part of the world. It's supposed to be this way tomorrow. Then Sunday, it's going to be warm. Also, boy, I mean, rain, over an inch of rain, 40 mile an hour winds, thunderstorms, and then... What else could there be? <laughs> Crystal, you, you got Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a big change. It's likely to come in sometime Saturday night into Sunday. You know, batten down those Christmas decorations. Make sure you've got extra pins in them. If, if you're worried about anything blowing away, probably bring it in because wind gusts are supposed to get as high as 45 miles per hour here in our area. Along the coast, they could be 50 miles per hour plus here in Virginia. So uh, one to two inches of rain expected. Uh, it, it sounds like there's even a possibility that as these temperatures rapidly drop 10 to 15 degrees uh, Sunday night, that there could be some I'm going to say it, Chris, it's a four letter word. There could be some snow mixed in. Uh, nothing uh, doesn't sound like anything that's going to accumulate, but definitely there could be the possibility of snow, at least in the Shenandoah Valley in our part of Virginia. So um, sounds like it's going to be a big, messy day and a good day to kind of stay inside. Maybe watch some Christmas movies, uh, drink some hot chocolate and stay out of the weather. That's for sure. Waynesboro, unfortunately, was planning an L.L. Bean pop up shop and like a um, lobster food truck Sunday uh, in downtown Waynesboro. And I have a feeling, unfortunately, that those plans are spoiled. The LLB and pop-up truck is already canceled. I don't know if it's weather related or not, uh, just that they announced a cancellation for that today. So um, definitely a day if you're making plans to think about staying inside. For me personally, I'm getting LASIK surgery tomorrow. So it's going to be a great day of recovery for me. I won't have to go anywhere. And I'm personally pretty happy about that. Yeah, well, uh, lots of weather coming our way this weekend. Looks nice next week, so that it, we'll, we'll get a recovery time from there. For just yeah, definitely, normally this time of year, my um my AccuWeather contact Thomas Kine says that normally this time of year we're dealing with highs in the 40s, and next week should be highs in the 50s. So it's hard to complain about December weather when temperatures are you know in the 50s. That's right. More time to get outside before Christmas. Well, Crystal Graham, thank you so much for your time, sharing your insight on these issues. And uh, for our, let's see, for our listeners, viewers out there, if you have any uh, news tips to email us, uh, Crystal, her address is crystal at augustafreepress.com. And I am chris at augustafreepress.com. Feel free to drop us a line. Everyone have a great day.